Yeah. Is he hot? It. Am I hot? I don't know. Oh, I'm He's hot. hotter than you. Yeah. W- want me to turn you down? No, I just... He sounds do way I? louder than I do. All so. right, well, I can turn you up in comparison. Testing. No, no I just... Is I that want, better? I don't want peaking. Oh, you're way too high. I don't want peaking. That's all I care about. I don't care who's louder or quieter. I just... Listen, I've been watching it. No any. one's been peeking yet. All right, all right. And remember, we had, there was that whole line out thing. Okay. Yeah. He did find the setting that was the problem. Yeah. Because as soon as he plugged his headphones in, he was like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. so loud. Dude, for like the last seven podcasts, we were just screwing up our own audio. <laughs> it Nobody. sounded fine. After. Did anyone catch it? Huh? It sounded you guys catch fine that? But no, see, the problem was again, right? He's got his headphone out coming out of the Zoom. We had no idea what was getting pumped into the Ninja. And then we're using the Ninja's audio. And the Ninja was boosting the audio levels like yeah. 40 dB. Yeah. I think that's our cold opener. It was very, very simple, very layman. Yeah. Last seven episodes. Well, it's up to me. I'm doing the edit. Yeah, I'm good with that. I can can pick whatever you want. After last time, you didn't even edit it. You just left the five minutes of (laughs) pre-roll. Well, at least I got my thing out on time. (laughs) Was it on time? It was on Friday. (laughs) Nope. It was actually Thursday night. It was. Which is, as long as I do not receive it Friday morning, I will not say anything. Okay. But, but prefer- we'll get it out. I was up till 2 a.m. that night making uh, <laughs> thumbnails. So, yeah, no, that was it was too late. It should have been out sooner. Yeah, man, maybe we'd have better thumbnails if I had more time. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Roll the intro. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I was supposed to intro, so I'm waiting on you. <laughs> I don't know. You can intro if you want. Welcome to the Triflix cast, everybody. We've got Tristan. We've got David. And I'm Cole. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are Triflix. We do a lot of video and photo goodness. Not only just that, but it goes beyond that. Audio. Turn me down a little bit, please. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, he's inside my brain right now. Just Tur- Turn down your headphones? Yeah. I'm living inside of you. All right. How's that? <laughs> That's better. Okay. Oh, I didn't want to interrupt your intro. As soon as I said audio, you're like, oh. Audio. <laughs> um, we're better at audio than we would seem we are. <laughs> just a little bit more, David. Well, turn it down again. Uh, turn it down just a little more. Oh I don't know what's happening, but my head's going crazy. Okay. Just to, right. just to give you guys a scoop on that. So uh, if you don't run a podcast or you don't know much about audio, um, the audio from our microphones go into a recording device, like a little box. Mm-hmm. It's like a little box. Um, it's a phone. Well, it's a box. <laughs> it's a box. You know, it's about this size. What's well, in the box? <laughs> it's a rectangle. Um, it's a box. So the audio from our mics go into that, and then it goes. It records to uh-huh. an SD card. But we monitor ourselves, our audio in our ears, in our headphones, and that audio, that level, is separate. Um, yeah. And so we get to choose how loud, like if, if my hearing is not as good as maybe Tristan's, I would like mine turned up so I can hear everything that's happening in the room. Yep. And so when we started this podcast, Tristan's was way too loud and yeah. he, uh, he got to hear me at a totally different level. So I'm, I apologize. 
Yeah. Here, Even Cole, David should on apologize. a whole new level. That's all boring technical stuff. Do they want to know about that? No, they don't want to know about I mean, that. I mean, it might. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But they know now because you don't I said know it. what you want. You we know, know what you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll tell you what you want. I'll tell you what you want. You want to go watch the update video. I think that's what you want to watch. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, yes, David, you've seen it, yes. Oh, it was amazing. I'm being paid to say it's good. He's technically <laughs> is getting paid right now. It's true. It's true. <laughs> say it's good or else. It's so good. I watched it on repeat like five times, and I liked it, and I shared it, and I subscribed again. Let's do a little oh. round of applause for the editing that Tristan did. Seriously, though. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh track. <laughs> what was what was your favorite part, David? Oh yeah, I like this. Yeah. Um, man, I don't. There's I don't so many good parts. I can't like, even I think. I don't remember my I teacher's the voice. Music. The music was good. Wow, okay. I love that <laughs> soundstripe music. <laughs> I actually didn't watch it very many times, and I kind of forgot what all was in it. I get that, though. I should have preemptively You and I have seen it more. It. Tristan and I have seen it more than yeah. anybody. Well, I've edited it, so I've seen it. You've seen it many You've seen times. it too much. Quadrupled them as many times as yeah. myself. I've, yeah, probably. Um, but we shot it here at the table, and yeah, we table. talked about what, pi- what Triflix is, what we do. So if you if you aren't familiar, that's a good place to go check it out. And it also yes. we have a lot of B roll of us working on sets, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of shots of uh, some of our client work we've done, some of our professional work for people that pay us, and, yeah. and the, some people that were nonprofit that yeah. we you know the things that we talk about every podcast mostly, and mm-hmm. you don't ever see. Yeah, that's yeah. the cool part. Is yes, we're we're actually legitimately going out here and uh, shooting for people, and yeah. we actually have a nice little backlog of like B roll content of us yeah. on mm-hmm. set, which is. That's the thing that I found the coolest, to be honest with you. Yeah. All the B-roll I of agree. everybody on set because it kind of puts it in perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you get lost in the work, right? We've been so busy that just like going from set to set and like finishing mm-hmm. projects and moving on to the next thing. Uh, yeah. We got to sit back and smell the roses. The the B-roll shot, now that I'm thinking about it, the one is like you were holding up the camera and you had it on the gimbal. Yes. And it was doing like a spinning action and like Tristan just quickly was like, oh, we got to record this. And oh, that yeah. was... A really good shot to get. Had so, no idea he even got yeah. it. Oh, thanks, man. That's what I'm there for. Yeah. No, I was yeah. impressed. And then I was like, hey, look at that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just really showing off. Um, we didn't even use that footage in the final product. <laughs> 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 well, uh, but it came yeah, in. We did. Uh, we did. It's did just we? not in that video because we've shot mm. three videos for Yes. It. And I don't mm. think it was in probably the one you're thinking of, but I did use it. Oh, okay. Briefly. Dang, okay. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Well, I'll have to double check it. <laughs> I, know, I know it's on the timeline. I don't oh, know. I don't think it made it in the final cut, to be honest with I'll you. I'll double check it. But it was a really good shot, so we'll, yeah. Yeah. It, deserves the, it deserves the viewers. Cool. So I wasn't yeah. sure. So in, in the, <laughs> also in the video, we talk about um, updates to the website. And, yes. and uh, in addition to like making changes to the visible website and the design and and everything that people would see when they visit. We also did a lot of updates to the back end, to the to the the bone works. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the important stuff. All the analytics. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. People people don't realize whenever you set up a website, they're like, just make it look pretty. But there's so much more that goes into it to have a successful website. And that's what yes. Cole's been working on for the last month or so. Cole and longer than a website. month. But In yes. conjunction with uh, Dave Doe. Yes. Oh no. Yes. I don't like touching that. Thing. And this <laughs> this uh 
We should definitely talk about that at some point, but this is not the episode for it. So you don't want to talk about it at all? No. Mm-hmm. All right. No, because we could. I the problem is, I think if you get me on it, we're gonna. Well, I think right. we should talk about where it correlates with your business and maybe what you should be thinking about when it comes to collecting your analytical data between oh, all dude, your sources. That's so. a thumbnail right there. How to how to make a successful website, dude. People yeah. are just. They're just clicking on the thumbnail because of the, everything you just said. No, we're not <laughs> talking about that. But we're gonna. But what are we gonna talk about today, Tristan? Dude, today mm-hmm. we're talking about the perfect camera. Finally, perfect camera. Tristan has been wanting to talk about this for episode after episode, and like it was even on the the outline for last episode. It's and been we on went, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh, it's gone. But <laughs> there's something that prompted it this time specifically. Yes. Somebody mm-hmm. out there in the world is working on the perfect camera, or so they think. I hope. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll and that, that company, it's a rumor. That company's DJI. And we've talked about them previously. DJI makes <laughs> our drones. They're one of those little startups. They make mm-hmm. a lot of uh, products for filmmakers. They make our gimbals. <laughs> uh, so drones, you know, the flying camera, the gimbals, the handheld stabilizer for your camera. Yep. Uh, and they make really good, really uh, robust products. Ooh. That's a good word. Well, it's a really good word because it's true. I flew a drone into a tree last week. Oh my gosh, yes. So we know for a fact that DJI makes a good product because we can crash our drones on Mm -hmm. set. Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored. Now it was was done for the day, for the next 48 (laughs) hours, but that was only to the limitations of how fast we could get parts from Amazon. Yeah, two-day turnaround, 30 bucks, and we were back up in the air. Oh, it was 20, 20 bucks, man. Dude. It was $10 per set. I could have done it all for the low price of like nine ninety eight, but mm. uh, we bought some more backup parts just in case. Yeah. Because now Dude. we found a failure point just yeah. in case. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it is nice. They do make the wings to be breakaway, and they, it's like yes. the cheapest parts. They're yeah. designing it so the cheapest are the most likely to break. Yes. And that way, when you go to replace it, that's a good product. It's not, you know, yeah. they're, they're thinking about the environment. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah, maybe. Well, compared to other companies, we'll go down that rabbit hole another day. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. Apple's been ticking me off. But uh, That's so funny you say that. Yeah. Right We're, to repair. Well, before we started the podcast, they they literally just put out a video. And it was something that said, like, Apple cares. And, like, the symbol was green. So you know where it's going. Oh, it's green. Yeah. Yeah. I trust All right. Them. Well. <laughs> <laughs> They're green. In your own it's free green. time, look up why. Look up right to repair and why Apple's doesn't care about the environment. Yeah. I'm sure they do some things. But. But there's anyways. a lot of other things they could work on as well. But yeah, definitely. And that, that's not the point. Today that's we're talking about cameras. Talk about cameras. Yeah. So, so I sent an article that I found a couple days ago to mm-hmm. Tristan, mm. and uh, DJI is supposedly putting together their first camera, mm-hmm. full-fledged camera, mm. and this thing looks insane. Yeah, there's some uh, never seen anything like it. Concept art for it that leaked like last quarter Q4, so last fall um and there were some like rudimentary designs and then there were some more leaks here recently that look a lot better they look much closer to production level yeah so Uh, with this camera you said like we're looking for the perfect camera right makes this the perfect camera or closer to the perfect camera that we're looking for what's the what checks those boxes for you what do you want well dji has a lot of experience making drones and gimbals and yep. over the course of the last maybe 10 years since these were introduced to the public market where someone can go spend 500 bucks and, and fly or run a drone they've been developing these uh, apps and these products that are becoming the best of the best so 
by far DJI makes the best gimbal. Is there any comparison in your side? No. Yeah. DJI makes the best gimbal. Yeah. Is there any other drone out there that is under $20,000 that competes with DJI, in your opinion? Not in my opinion, no. Yeah. Not that's mainstream, too. They make they go out of their way to find what consumers like. They take the feedback, they apply it, and they make well-rounded applications, like on your phone, your little phone apps. So people, for the longest time, have wanted to be able to monitor what's on their camera on their phone. Why do I need this big old monitor, like a, like a computer screen or whatever, or you know a 7, 8-inch monitor for 200 bucks when I have my phone on me? So they started making controllers where your phone plugs in, and you can use that to, to see what's on your camera. And you can use that to adjust your camera settings. And it's, they just put so much effort into yes. it. So to hear that they're designing their own cameras for their gimbals back when everybody had to use a GoPro, you took a GoPro, you mounted on a drone. DJI is like, nobody wants to do that. Why would you do that when you could just turn it on and fly with a camera built in? So they go mm. out of their way and they develop their own cameras and start putting them on their drones. Their cameras on their drones now are outperforming, you know, whether it's a little bit of AI software plugged in there where it's uh, it's doing some like compress- uh, good compression or <laughs> some good saturation, some, uh, some good low light denoising. They put a lot of effort into it to, to give a consumer something that's functional. Yep. Does it have the best dynamic range? Maybe, maybe not. Does it have the best low light performance? Maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, as a filmmaker, what matters to me is does this camera do what I expect it to do every time reliably. And then does it do it in a way that is easy for me to work with? Like it doesn't, mm, nobody, nope. nobody wants to make a video if they have to like dig out all their equipment and hook up 50 things and then run around. Um, it just, it kind of deters people. And what DJI is good at is taking things that people like and enjoy and, and simplifying it. So yep. you're expecting DJI to be taking all this of like cool, easy to use stuff from their drone cameras mm-hmm. and put it into its own little handheld form factor thing. Yes, I. From what I was when I looked at the render, it looks to be. I it kind of looks like like a. Are you familiar with their Osmo series? Yes. Yeah. So it, so it looks like the Os like the higher end Osmo series like on the front and then the back is like it looks like a red. Like, it's just kind of like that blocky, larger cinema camera with, like, all these attachments and things on it. Yeah. And I think the batteries look like they go on the back as well. Mm-hmm. And there's two handles on each side. So, it looks like they're just marrying, you know, all of those things into one. Because it's supposed to be a pro, like, a professional camera. Hmm. So, I think it's, I don't think it's going to appeal to the prosumers or, you know, somebody that's probably buying you know, something from the Osmo range that you just like boot up and, and roll with. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be similar to that use wise, but I think you're going to get way more capability out of it. Well, the difference between this and the Osmo from what I could tell was it looks like it's going to have interchangeable lenses as well. Yes. Yes. And it, and if you, so and in it, did you want to run through what an interchangeable lens is versus the <laughs> Osmo lens? Yeah. So when you have a static or like, you know, a built on lens, you're, it depends upon the technology that's built into, but usually, you know, you're stuck with one focal length. Um, you know, uh, what else? You're, depends on the lens if you're going to get variable aperture. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have the ability to actually take that 
lens, the glass on the front of the camera that's show that's like shaping the image mm-hmm. and pulling it off and then putting something else on to either extend focal length or extend range um, or, you know, field of view, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So you just get more options when you have the mirror shaker. Way more options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, what do filmmakers like? Options. Options. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we Not just invested one. in a wide angle. Yeah. For our Nikons. That's a new lens and it allows us to... You know, normally you see this right in front of you, but what this does is it opens it up and then you can start to see things off to the side further, a, mm-hmm. a wider degree of view. Yeah, yes. humans, it's almost 180. I think it's like 170. It's super close, like yeah. If you put your hands, stretch them out, you can barely see them on the edges of your vision. And most cameras are a little bit... Depending on which lenses you get, it kind of right. adjusts. It's like this, doing this with your hands. Pretty much. Yeah. So, and it gives so you smart. a different image, just whatever whatever you want, want mm-hmm. more options. So that's a big deal for sure, especially for filmmakers. So mm-hmm. talking about more options, I have probably a year ago or so, have started putting together a list of what, mm. what features and what options would yeah. make a camera perfect. And the cool thing is some of these options are things that DJI has already incorporated in their drones and gimbals. Yes. So to imagine a company that already does these things, they're coming out with a new product. There's a probably a really good chance they're going to take these things that I like and then just bring them over to this new product. And that that is what gets me really excited. Not having to balance a gimbal anymore, or at least <laughs> only only in the only in the direction you don't have to like move it back. So normally when you have a gimbal, you'd have your your camera device on top of it and you'd have to like adjust it this way and adjust it this way and adjust it this way so that way when it moves it balances yep well if the only thing you're changing is the lens on the front of your camera all you'd have to do is adjust it forward and backwards and it'll still be stable so that's like two or three steps out of the process yeah and everything else will just be automated see i think the other cool thing that's going to be is i don't know again i how familiar I, I check these things all the time because I'm just very interested in it and I'm sure maybe you do as well but mm-hmm. with the Inspire drone mm-hmm. that one the actual camera module on it and I think this is what it's going to be most similar to just at a larger scale the camera module the whole thing that attaches to the gimbal mm-hmm. is separate so the nice thing about that is and the way that the front of this camera looks it looks like you will have the same type of modules and so we're talking not only interchangeable lenses but sensors oh okay so th- i mean that's what like you said there's going to be a, a red body looking like on the back so you think that sensor will be interchangeable in the front that runs back to the the processing power at the back exactly end. you're that's just taking cool. the sensor and the lens off of the body of it and putting it on its uh, on a gimbal that's built into the whole camera and then the computing unit is all behind it yeah and they'll make interchangeable. They already make interchangeable camera systems that are tens of thousands of dollars for the Inspire. Yeah. And they're beautiful units. Well, and the thing with that, too, is that's not a new concept of changing out your sensors on a camera. Right. But it's very difficult because it's not something you do at home. This isn't yeah. like, a oh, I'm just going to take this off of my, my uh, camera. I'm just going to take the sensor off and, and grab a new one. Uh, this is something that RED does with, like, their helium... Um, uh, I can't remember what the other sensor is. There's the helium and like the dragon or whatever. But normally what you do is you take it, put it in a box, you'd ship it off. And like in a couple of days, couple of weeks, you'd get it back and it'd have a new sensor. Yep. Why do you want a new sensor? Sensors do different things. You could get one that's really high resolution, shoot eight or 12 K like um, the, uh, uh, the eight K 
who's doing that now? It's the Sigma, I think, does 8K. Uh, Red's doing 8K sensors. And then for 12K, Blackmagic has a 12K camera. And all that does, it just means that you have more pixels. You have a, mm-hmm. a bunch more points in, the, in your image. And then whenever you, it allows you to, like, zoom in. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing like uh stadium work or something you want to like zoom in your image on some football player real close you can do that in post and that's really cool yes but there's other sensors that are maybe a lower resolution so maybe you don't need to shoot a dude from 150 (laughs) feet away at 12k maybe you're putting it on youtube but you really want good low light performance well then you would Mm -hmm. use a sensor better for low light you know there's just there's a lot of applications and the idea of you can just plug and play you know maybe maybe it's not like ai maybe it's how fast the lens is or or not how fast the lens is how fast the sensor is um so then you know you could do um like slow-mo or something uh well yeah yeah uh, i was going to say specifically like faster autofocus and stuff like that i gotcha because that's going to be based off your sensor as well right sony's Mm. got that down which yeah they do they're the leaders in that Mm. realm what makes (laughs) a perfect camera for you cole perfect camera for me Mm -hmm. Well, the only problem with me is that oh, I shoot so many problems, I shoot mostly stills. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of my my yeah, so realm. that's different from video. Shooting photography is a lot di- What do you look for in your photo cameras? Uh, my I you know the funny thing we were just talking about this the other day like I like a even on a mirrorless, I like a good mechanical shutter sound. <laughs> um, I'm not so much about the silent shutter. Like it's it's all about the feedback for me, right? Like you, when you hear that that shutter, you mm-hmm. know, click, you're like, oh, I just took took a picture. Like yeah. there's something very satisfying about that, even if it's fast and it just sounds like yeah. a machine gun. Like I'm good with that. I know it's shooting the pictures. Would you shoot a wedding with sh- with your shutter on? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would put on silent shutter like I always do. <laughs> But I still miss that sound. Like mm-hmm. as soon as it's gone, I'm like, did I did I get it? Am I mm-hmm. shooting pictures? Yeah. Um, and another thing that's really high on my list right now that I really like um, is on the new Sony Alpha One, mm-hmm. their big dog like photo still camera. Like it's like six thousand dollars. It's an amazing camera. Um, there's no blackout in between shots. Okay. So every single time you take a shot, instead of that shutter happening and then you seeing that black in between each shot, it right. you hear the shutter, but there is no blackout in between shots when you're looking through the viewfinder. So mm. is that a is that a mirrorless camera then? It is a mirrorless. Is that yes, what that, means? that okay. would be at the top of my list. Um, I've used both, mm-hmm. and I I prefer mirrorless uh, over a mirrored DSLR any day, um, mm-hmm. and that's just the speed of shooting. Yeah, um, you're gonna get a higher FPS usually. Um, frames per second. Um, <laughs> I knew somebody was going to ask me. Somebody. So. Somebody. Um, what should that be? So like what high, I, I like high FPS. I don't shoot a lot of like action shots, but I like to have the ability to. Because mm-hmm. the thing that drove me nuts a ton when I was younger and I used to have cell phones or older cameras was when I tried to do the sport shots or action shots and you'd get blurry shots in between mm. because your camera could not keep up with it. And the crazy thing is with like the Sony's, the autofocus is so fast. The, the camera itself is so fast when it's shooting these photos, you don't miss anything. Because right. as a still photographer, that's the biggest concern, right? I don't want to miss anything. If there's, you know, let's say we're shooting a wedding and someone goes in for the first kiss or, you know, or there's a dance or whatever it might be. I mean, the last thing you want to do is miss a shot. Mm-hmm. And if I know that I've got no blackout so I can see what I'm looking at, I can shoot super fast if I need to. I'm never missing anything. Mm. That's 
that's where I need to be. <laughs> Have you ever missed something? Probably. Everybody I does. I can't. I mean, was I, there like a moment that like somebody's like, "You missed my first kiss." I haven't ever had anybody come to me and say that I've missed something. Um, I know there's probably been a time in my mind where I have, but I'm also very like, I will overshoot everything as to try not to. Mm. So, I mean, I've usually got it backed up. Um, not to say, I mean, knock on wood, right? I mean, I hope that never happens, but I know it's part of it. Mm. Um, so like that would be first up, uh, two memory card slots would be nice. Yeah. Um, so you have redundancy. Um, yeah. Trying to think, I don't know. How does that add redundancy? Um, so I've been told I've never used one with dual memory card slots, although I know that the new Z6 II has dual memory card slots, mm-hmm. and it writes the image to both cards at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So that way, if you do lose a card, which, as we know, happens, media mm-hmm. can die on shoot, um, and uh, that's kind of scary. So especially yeah. if you're shooting like somebody's newborn photos or engagement photos or something, you know, that's only going to last for a certain amount of time. We love redundancy here at Triforce LLC. Yes. It's great. We have the three, two, one now. We do have it. We are so good. Yeah. Jump, jump off subject. Three, two, one. I don't know, we, David, you're the only one that can describe that in a minute. Do oh, it. Oh, goodness. Okay. So you, you have data. It's important, and you want to make sure it's safe. And so you keep three different copies of it. Um, one needs to be off of location. That's the one. And then two is like two different copies on site. So that means like kind of like with the two SD cards, if you have a computer, you have like two different drives that are basically copying and being identical to each other. So if one of them dies, you don't lose all of your data. And there's different ways to do that. And that's a whole other different thing. (laughs) But you also want to have that same data backed up off site. So that's Mm. three different copies, uh, two of them like on site and then one off site. Yeah, and we we got all of our setup. We David set up our server. It's in the closet right behind mm-hmm. him. Yep, big old thirty-two <laughs> terabytes. And then we just got Backblaze yeah. set up. Not sponsoring us, sadly, Hashtag but maybe, maybe maybe one day. Uh, so we back up everything digitally online. So even if even if everything burns down, at the end of the day, data is what really carries our business. And we could, mm-hmm. as long as we have that data, we could rebuild everything we've built so far. Yep. We could re-edit every video. So that's the thing. Redundancy Redundancy is big. big, Especially when you're capturing moments. Yeah. Moments that mm -hmm. can't be, you know, um, reproduced. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a big old server to back up, carrying that around as you're shooting, (laughs) you know, you got both cards in there at the same time. So you're just writing to each one. Yep. Hmm. So that'd be a big feature for me. Um, I mean, honestly, other than that, I mean, just making sure you got a good camera body and a nice touchscreen on the backhand side. I wish mm-hmm. they made them a little bit larger. Um, the touchscreens? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, other than that, battery life. So. You know, the screens has been one of the things I've heard about when people compare mirrorless versus mirrored cameras. Uh-huh. Because with the... The viewfinder on a mirrorless camera is the screen, and if you're like outside and it's bright, it can be hard to see. But hmm. the viewfinder on like a mirrored camera, you can just put your eye like right up to it, and you know it's like all kind of covered and everything. So, but have you ever run into those issues? No, because sir, you've been misinformed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the awesome thing about a mirrorless camera, what really comes into play here is. 
when you you ninety percent of all the ones that you see out there, Sony's and Canons and Nikon's, yeah, they have a viewfinder. But the oh, awesome, they do do those. But the awesome thing is, is when you go to put your face up to this viewfinder, it is not a you know a succession of mirrors that show you the image that's coming from your sensor. It is a oh. it's an OLED screen. Okay. Organic light emitting. So they put two screens. They put the giant one on the outside, and then they do another one on the end within the viewfinder. So it's not just you seeing, like I said, through the mirrors, the tunnel. You're seeing your image Mm -hmm. and all the things that are normally on your screen within the smaller screen up to your eye. So really cool. If it's too bright, I will put my camera up to my face, and it's usually when I'm shooting real estate outside. And the coolest part about it with the mirrorless is it shows you your full UI. So if I pull it mm-hmm. up to my face and shoot a picture and want to review it real fast, I hit the button on the on the camera to look at my shots, and I can see it within the viewfinder. Mm. That's super cool. It's awesome. So there, there are some pretty big benefits of using mm-hmm. mirrorless over digital. Yeah, and I know that there's there's pros and cons to all of it, and I know a lot of people that swear by a regular DSLR. Mm. And you know, like I said, I've shot both. It's all what works for you the best because yeah. the other huge benefit of a mirrorless is smaller body. Yep. There's less, there's, you know, there's technically really, there's no really mechanical factors inside the body because it's all digital. Um, and I think that's not only a part of, it's just like switching from a hard drive to an SSD. You know, if you drop a hard drive, you have a larger chance of losing all your data because of all the mechanical pieces within inside of it. Yeah. Same thing with a DSLR because there's so much mechanically moving inside of there with the mirrors and everything. Right. You have a chance of breaking those or like, you know, things getting dislodged and mm-hmm. you just have more robustness in a mirrorless camera. Mm-hmm. And not only just that, but it's it's a much smaller package with which, you know, as a run and gun, mm-hmm. things like that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I could go down the rabbit hole a ton here, but I think those are the main the main things. Yeah, so cool. I mean, the, I think the perfect camera for stills exists. Um, it's it just exists right now. Which is what does it cost? You know. <laughs> yeah. What, what What do you think? Do you think that's the Sony? I think alpha? it's the Alpha One. I really do. Mm-hmm. I if if I could just go and blow money on a camera like that's for stills specifically, that's probably what it would be. Hmm. Although I'm not out there for a megapixel count either, but you know. It would be nice. It'd be cool to take a photo and turn it in the side of a building. It'd be awesome. <laughs> At least I'd have the ability, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost want to say the A1 shoots an 8K too. Does it? Wow. I know a lot of those newer ones do because I know one of the Canons that are something does as well. I think it's funny cameras can shoot that high of a resolution, but they still struggle to do 4K 60. Oh, I know. You know, just I don't quite understand that either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's about where I would be. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Tristan, what do you got? I oh know you've boy. been gearing up for this. So give oh me. boy, here we go. Can oh. I ask you a question real fast? Yeah. Um, so when I think about like a video camera, the perfect video camera, um, one of the things that always comes to mind are built-in NDs. Ooh. Yeah. I, I just think that that's a you know I mean we've struggled sometimes. Like one of the things we should invest in is probably some NDs for the Nikon's. You know what an ND is? Isn't it? N- uh, neutral density or something like that, right? It's either neutral or natural. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's neutral. You're okay. you're probably righter than to I the am. Google. I was yeah. gonna say I'm gonna check it real. I can fast. tell you what it yeah. does while he looks it up. Perfect. All all it does is it's like sunglasses for your camera. If it's real bright outside, you put on a pair of sunglasses, and it, it's yeah. a little it's a little circle, and it screws on the front of your lens. 
normally. And that's what the poor people use like us. However, <laughs> there's some new cameras out here because there's some there's some cameras and mm-hmm. they have it inside instead of having to screw on your your sunglasses or a darker pair of sunglasses or an even darker pair of sunglasses if it's bright outside because it's measured in what fds i don't know <laughs> Stops. 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 Oh. oh yeah okay yeah you're good it's okay buddy i didn't know which where you were going with that one sorry <laughs> Can you usually adjust stops on the camera itself Depends on what you're talking about when you say stops. It's yeah. very true. What are stops? Tell me about stops. Well, I'm, that's the problem, though. It depends on which you're talking about. Your mm-hmm. aperture is measured in stops. Yeah. Your dynamic range is measured in stops. So is the, the stop ND is filters. Like unit. It doesn't really Essentially, yeah, it's like a unit of measurement that's mm-hmm. kind of universally used in the camera world. And I'm sure we're botching this to a certain degree, but it is used across a lot of products. So mm-hmm. you were asking about built-in NDs. Yeah. So instead Sorry, of having to screw them on. Mm-hmm. really expensive cameras have built-in NDs and normally what it is is uh, there's a button in the camera and you push it and it will hit up or down and it'll slide between your little NDs like like their filters in front of your uh, sensor. And it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's so cool. And and before that, before the electronic ones, they had slides where you would have your camera and then in between your lens and the camera body, you would have a slide that you would put in and pull out, and that slide would have your ND. So you have ones that screw on the front, ones that slide in, ones that are digital with the electronic. And now there's some cheaper cameras coming out that are like two thousand bucks, cheap, cheaper, to, cheaper than the ten, yeah, twenty, thirty thousand dollar cameras that used to do this. Now you mm-hmm. can get it for like two grand, which is exponentially cheaper. Yes, and it's just a little plus and minus. And if it's real bright outside. You can just flip through those and bring everything down. It's all in body. You don't have to go buy $200 ND filters. You don't have to clean them all the time. They don't get cracked. So, Tristan, why do you need an ND filter on your camera? So, if it's real bright outside, there's a couple of things you can do in your camera settings to make the image darker. However, mm. that affects the image. Um, one is your shutter speed. And that'll, by changing that, it can make your image look really blurry or really sharp, like uh, Saving Private Ryan's one of the best examples where everybody's like just really jittery looking. And it's, it's capturing a bunch of, um, mm-hmm. not frames, but the, uh, the shutter is opening and closing a lot of times per second. And then depending on how you do that, it'll either make it look really sharp or really blurry. And sometimes you have a specific style you want, so you don't want to change that setting. So the next thing you would change is maybe your aperture. And you can shoot wide open or shoot, shoot real close. And what it is, inside your lens, you have these these little blades, and they overlap with each other. And as you rotate it, they'll close in or they'll open up. If you shoot wide open, it lets in a lot of light. That would make your image really bright. So if it's dark outside, you'd close it, and that would sh- reduce the amount of light hitting your sensor. So those are two things you could do to reduce light. But while we're talking about it, what's the problem with you know, where, where does the aperture, where can that come in to change your image in oh. a way that you might not want it to? Yeah, so aperture, if you have a specific look you want to go for, maybe you want everything behind you to be real blurry, or maybe you want everything to be flat. Um, uh, an example of wanting a flat image would be, because, I mean, every, you see the blurry images on Instagram. They look pretty. You know why you want them. The bokeh. But, but why would you want a flat <laughs> image? Why would I want me and something really far behind me to be flat? Uh, in The Hobbit, uh, is it no? It's uh, it's the Lord of the Rings or any any for it's called forced perspective. And in those movies, you'll see uh, who is the wizard, the big dude, 
Gandalf. Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> oh, no. He's Man, a real fan. Of, I'm not a fanboy. Fan. Out of all the nerdiness that happens on this podcast, this is where you, you, I, you I fall sh- apart. I should shine, but no. <laughs> mine's Star Wars. Uh, ah, okay. So you got uh. Gandalf. He's a giant dude. And then you got Elijah Wood, who's a normal-sized dude. But in the movie, <laughs> he looks tiny. Elijah Wood and um, the dude from... Uh, 50 first dates or whatever it was. Uh, oh my God. Talking about Adam Sandler? No. Uh, <laughs> no the, yeah, I didn't know Adam Sandler was in Lord of the Rings. Rob Schneider? <laughs> no, 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 you got you got the hobbits. You and, can do it. And you got a giant wizard. Now, in real life, they're the same size, but in the movie, well, the, Elijah Wood's a tiny little dude. He's a little hobbit. So the way you would do Frodo. it. Frodo. Frodo. Please. Frodo. What do you want me to say? Frodo. All right. So in order to get them to look w- the same, uh, the same plane, you would shoot at like f twenty two, which is when your aperture is really closed and it's a real dark image, so they have to add a lot of light. And you would have Gandalf up front, and then a, a tiny, tiny little man in the back. And he's normally a real sized guy, right? He's like six foot, whatever, five nine. But because you're shooting him really far away, it makes him look tiny in the image. And since you're shooting at f22 or 22 stops on your aperture, they look like they're real close together. So now Mm -hmm. you have this tiny little Frodo and this (laughs) (laughs) giant-sized Gandalf. And that's a that's a reason. So you wouldn't have the the option to change your aperture. Uh, You'd have to change your ND filters. Yep. And that's that's the only reason. that really you should be using indices for your lighting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's because for someone who does stills, indices are not needed. Um, really? Not usually. Why not? Because I can I can change my shutter speed if I need to change how much light I need in an image or not. They're standing mm-hmm. still. There's not going to be blur. Exactly. Not even. I, I was just maybe like for sports or something where you, like people are moving because we do a lot of real estate where nothing's moving in the shot. So we could have like a long mm. exposure. The problem is, is so if if I'm going to shoot somebody that's moving, I'm going to use a high shutter speed. So what does that mean, right? Oh, I'm going to have a dark bird. image. Yeah. So at that point, right, I have no reason. The only thing I'm counteracting is the darkness of the image. So I'm probably going to bump up my ISO, or maybe open up my aperture. Yeah. So mm. that's the thing, right? Is I have a little bit more flexibility, but the problem is, is when it comes to doing your video, you might have to darken an image so mm. that you don't have to, you know, eventually your ISO runs out. You're going to hit the bottom of your ISO and then mm-hmm. you might still have a bright image and you can't fluctuate your sensor or your sensor, your shutter mm. because of, yeah. See, that's, I just don't know enough about photography. I'm learning. That's okay, man. I've, <laughs> I, the only reason I know any of this stuff about videos is because of our stuff. Like, yeah. I used to be like, oh, whatever, man. I'll just crank up that shutter and shoot at like a 500, you know, oh, one over wow. 500 at like, you know, 1080 at 24. Like, <laughs> and so, I'm like, why does this look weird? So much jargon. <laughs> those were really bad settings. You shouldn't do those. Yeah, please don't do that. Or you can do it and then learn from it. Yeah. What's the main rule if you're going to, if when you go to match your, your frames per second on your video and your shutter speed, what's the, what's the usual rule to make sure that you have natural movement? So you would want it one over two times your frames per second. So you want your shutter Pro speed tip. to be one over two times. So if you're shooting at like 24 frames per second, then you would want one over fifty. It's it's roughly double because there's not a one over forty eight. Right. 
And then we just learned like 10 minutes before the podcast about shutter angle, which I feel really dumb about not knowing. <laughs> shutter angle and shutter speed are essentially the same thing. It's like decimals and fractions. It's just, or, or uh, uh, cups and liters. It's, it's this pretty much the same thing. You just use a conversion to get between the two. Yep. Oh. But we don't talk about shutter angles because we don't use it unless we're talking about global shutter because mm -hmm. that's really cool. Another thing I would love to have in a camera. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Uh, what oh, else? so yeah. I, I asked you the question about the variable indies. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or the built-in, sorry. B yeah, built-in. That's the wrong I think you said internal. There. Internal but... indie, yes. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Internal, built-in, because variable's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. But uh, is that does that make your list? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just check them off as we get in there. Built-in indies. Check it off. That's which, something I'd want. Which the unfortunate thing I think about, and I think what we should do is like we'll go back and forth between this new DJI camera. Um, I don't think that that would be possible because of the way that it's set up. There's not enough space in the rig to be able to do a internal... Between the sensor and the lens. Between the sensor and the lens. Because like, yeah. the mechanics that it takes, right, to be able to take that shade and pull it in front of the sensor... And maybe I'm wrong, but just from the way it looks, and I don't know if you want to pull it up to double check me here, but it just doesn't look like there's enough space in that body. Well, like we said, the question is, is DJI going to make the perfect camera? Yeah. If they if they found a way to include it, they're they're on their way. <laughs> they're but if there, they don't, right? They're they're going to be behind a two thousand dollar camera. Yeah. Because you true. get with a Blackmagic Pocket Six K for twenty four twenty five hundred, you could get a camera that does this already. So That's true. I think that's going to be hard to beat. Now, one thing that they're definitely, like, based on this design that they've shown online, one thing that they're definitely going to have is a built-in gimbal. Yes. Which was never on my list because I didn't think it was possible to have a built-in <laughs> gimbal in your semi-professional cinema camera. And, you know, like we've talked about gimbals before. It's just, it's a stabilizer. It just makes your camera real smooth so that way, like, you're not jittering all over the place because what we call like micro movements or micro muscle mm -hmm. movements. It's, you know, if you hold your hand out like this, people are like, oh, he must be like stressed or anxious because their hands start shaking. Well, no matter how strong you are, after five minutes of holding your arm out, you're going to start shaking. We don't shoot for five minutes when we do a shoot handheld. <laughs> we shoot for like 10, 15, 20, three hours. Do a wedding. It's eight. You're going to be shaking a lot. Normally, what mm -hmm. you do is you get a heavier camera because the heavier something is, you have something called inertia. And if you start to move with it, the whole camera is going to sway instead of shake. Right. Sway is mm -hmm. much more pleasing to the eye. This is true. But if you want to cut down on weight and you don't want a really heavy 20-pound rig, the next thing to do is start using electronic motors to stabilize your camera. Cuts down on weight. It's a lot more stable. It looks prettier, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. You can get a lot more... Uh, well, you can tweak the motors too. So that mm -hmm. like in the settings, so do you want it to be like tripod mode where it's really stable, like it's just locked off. Um, you can have it so that it follows a subject or whatever. Uh, there's just a, the way the camera moves, you have more options and more flexibility. And this is something we've seen with gimbals and drones. So to see that built in, I mean, this is like in their design that they've drawn up and sent out on their concept art that got leaked. It's fundamental to the design of this camera is to have a built-in gimbal. 
and that that'll put them in a very unique position because nobody else is doing that other right. than you know yeah. you you put your phone on one or you put a camera on one, but it's not built in. Do we know how that looks? Is it kind of like they're just um, stabilizing the sensor, but on pull the up, extreme level? Pull up the link that I put in the uh, Trello card real fast. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's in the comment section in that. Yeah, we'll put it in the doobly-doo. Yeah, pull yeah. it up real fast because you'll you'll get to see the concept art or now, uh, the render. We're never going to put a lot of editing in the podcast because we never say never. But at the same time, this is just a fun riff for us. This is a way for us yeah. to get out ideas and communicate things. However, in this one example... David's wow. going to be editing this podcast, and he's going to throw up an image of what we're talking about for this segment, uh, yeah. just for this brief point. That so if you're weird. watching, if you're watching the podcast you on can see YouTube, which I recommend, yeah, it'll also be in the description. Yes, and otherwise, go check it out. Um, I believe <laughs> oh, it's funny we're going to talk about this now, but um, I'm pretty sure we can actually put links in. So there should be a link within mm -hmm. the. Um, description within the podcast even yeah. if you're listening to it on something else on an app you should mm. be able to click on this and go to it cool and i say Crazy. should because i don't want to make any promises that i can't keep that's outside yeah. of my realm of knowledge i'll yeah. take your word for i've it. seen it before so i'm sure i can yeah. make it happen well if i don't do it i just don't care about you guys this is true so yeah. what do you Please think about do it <laughs> what do you think about that thing does it look the way that you thought it, it was gonna it look it doesn't look like it at all it looked that's Isn't that insane, insane? No, it's know. like nothing we've ever seen. And the, the cool part is normally a gimbal, it only has um, three axes. However, mm -hmm. this one is what they call a fourth axis. There's not really a, a fourth axis, uh, technically. But what it, what it really is, is like you have roll, pitch, yaw, which is like a gyroscope. Yep. But mm -hmm. this has what they call like a fourth degree or a fourth rotation. And it's like a little spring. So instead of like holding something in front of you with your arms and moving it up and down, there's a spring at the bottom that adds some resistance and takes some of that weight off of um, mm. uh, of the gimbal itself and, and helps distribute it. So whenever you're like walking down a road, it starts to, you know, like start to sway a little bit instead of having those shakes. And that's yeah. something we don't even have with yeah. our six, seven hundred dollar gimbal now. Yeah. So instead of the 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 motors having to compensate and like constantly like trying to lock you in that spring is doing just physical mm -hmm. force yeah and doing it's like, it automatically it's like a that. shock absorber on a car okay it's, yeah, yeah. Shock up the that is a really cool idea yeah yeah you were right in a four hundred dollar beater honda civic versus <laughs> you know a sixty thousand dollar Cadillac, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a yeah. difference in the way it feels. So. I always yeah. ride in my sixty thousand dollar Cadillac. That's a <laughs> it's a cheap Cadillac. Is it happen? <laughs> is it? I don't know. Civic afterwards. Yeah, you, I just if, hate that. Change. I've, I've rode you, in a beat at Civic. <laughs> if if you buy a brand new Escalade, it's a hundred thousand. See, that's stupid. That's crazy. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, drive, but anyways, drive it off the lot and drop down that price. But yeah, to have something like that built in, um, mm -hmm. you know, essentially be able to pull it out of a bag, probably clip on a couple attachments, and it's then you're ready huge. to go. Think about uh, a lot ready of times go. in our, it's hard to find a cage or a case that fits our camera now. You know, they're going to produce a case for this. Probably. So it's like, I don't have to have a case with like 40 different little slots with a bunch of attachments and stuff. Now you might want one for like lenses or ND filters, or whatever, but you could probably put that in a backpack and it's lighter, simpler. I'm uh, wondering if they're, cause they have like a monitor arm off this, off the top of it with a monitor on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, looks like a multi-angled, you know, monitor arm so that you can move it around. It looks like all that's built in. Yeah. Well, think of it like a, think of it like a Pelican case where it's a giant square and you know, you'd have to like find one that fits it. Versus right. like a trumpet 
or a guitar case that's perfectly shaped for your device. Yep. And you just open it up, you take it out, and you hit Bing. turn on, you know. That's so cool compared to a lot of the concepts that are out right now. They're, it's it's neat to see a company that's finding ways to innovate. Yeah, for sure. And all they did was uh, the same thing that makes every company great that achieves success in some manner is it's usually a company that, one, either rips other people off, <laughs> or two, uh, in this case, it's a company that looks at a market and says, hey, what do we do really well, and how can we apply what we do really well to something that already exists? You know, Apple, great company at, at turning things into simple UIs that are well-designed that works really well. That's their niche. That's what they do. And they go to the phone market, they go to the laptop market, they go to the CPU market, and they're like, all right, let's take our engineering and our concepts and apply it to these new technologies dji killer you know just absolutely stunning when it came to uh gimbals i think that was probably how they got started or or flying drones probably drones yeah because yeah, before that there weren't even gimbals on their drones it was just you mounted your gopro yep and then they're like well let's let's apply gimbals and then then they started moving into uh, after that market, they started moving into uh, some more camera work, and then you know now they're like, let's throw cameras onto the the actual gimbals and on the drones, and they just keep building upon it. So I I'm excited to see what they come out with. It's a long time coming, yeah. so it's yeah, I'm, and hopefully they make anything at all. Like we said, yeah, well, these are rumors. Yeah, there was a camera that was supposed to come out like six years ago on Kickstarter, and it was an interchangeable camera that I thought was really cool, like. You know, change out the sensors, change out your your handles, and everything was um, modular. Modular, and they just dropped the ball because they couldn't get the funding. Yeah. And the nice part is DJ, DJI. <laughs> we know they got the money. They've got the money. <laughs> so they're they're an established company that's already sending out products. So it'll be exciting. But um, there was a couple of things. Got? Yeah. Yeah. So ProRes. What is ProRes? It's oh, like y- you ever get a video from your nephew, your cousin, whatever your your wife, and it says dot mp four. Well, that's like what most phones shoot, and it's really hard for uh, for video editing software to work with that. So there's specific codecs, like .mp4, it's a codec. There's specific codecs that work really well for video editing software, and one is .mov. All that means is it works really well with my computer, so I would like a camera that shoots <laughs> ProRes internally, so that way when I go to edit it, it works well. Because who, who designed ProRes? Apple. Thank you. Because Apple's really good at making things functional. I, I like aspects of their company. Especially uh, when especially when they're meant to be used on their own products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really good Walking. at integration, self-integration. I like how you call it integration. Is, what do you think it is? I call it lock-in. Lock-in? Like walled garden? Walled, walled garden. garden. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, though. I get it. I mean, I'm very. Critical I can't say of, much anymore. I'm critical mm-hmm. of Apple and other things. I'm, I'm. I like it when their stuff just works. Though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. That's the point. Yeah. It works. <laughs> There's so. pluses. And I'm learning. This is to both sides. I'm learning. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we have cameras that shoot ProRes now. The this camera over here, and this camera over here. Yeah. So they shoot ProRes, but only, only to a monitor on top which means we have to lug around a monitor and we have to mount it we have to have an extra battery we have to have a cable and all this stuff now there's a camera that's shooting on david right now that we're borrowing from our friend abishak he's uh letting us test it out and it's called a black magic pocket cinema camera 4k hey and it shoots (laughs) it internal 
that's really cool because now instead of having like a monitor and the cable and all the extra stuff attached <laughs> good save my friend Ooh, boy. Uh, it's all inside yeah. it's inside wow. you don't have to you don't have to deal with that and the and the upgraded version of that mm-hmm. one that just came out the 6k version has the internal nd filters we're talking about so i thought that was going to be the perfect camera the 6k but you know now now, now we got the dji i think it'd be interesting for a second because like you're talking about ProRes as a format well it works really well in Apple's Final Cut, and I think also iMovie. Uh, but buddy. the thing is, with like the MP4 is generally a container, but like that's that's a whole different thing. But the movies that are or videos that are shot on like your iPhone or made to go up on YouTube, they're optimized for just like condensing all that yes. information down mm-hmm. and making it so it doesn't take up a whole bunch of space, which is great if you want to stream it or you just want to make it not take up the space because we like valuable space. <laughs> we don't want it to be 100 gigs. We want it to be one gig. Yeah. I was going to say, what do you mean by space? But Space yeah. like storage yeah. on your phone. Well, yeah. not everybody has unlimited data yeah. at their home or on their phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, if you wanted to shoot something uh, in RAW, we've talked about that a little bit. It's like as much data as you can capture in an image. If you want to shoot right. raw, ProRes raw, or um, Black Magic raw, or, or Cine, <laughs> Cine raw, or whatever yeah. it is, yeah, you would shoot about, I think an hour is like 100 gigabytes or so. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. But no, it's, it'd be even higher than that, because we yeah. shoot 4K24, and that comes out to be about 100 yeah. gigabytes for a podcast. Yeah, so if you yeah. shoot above So, that, yeah, it'd be like three or 400 gigabytes. Yeah. And so depending <sighs> on your settings. Could you imagine 12K? 12K would be insane and they, raw. You know oh, Linus is yeah. filling up terabytes. He just oh, yeah. he likes all the data. Yeah. And so it's called raw because it comes basically directly from that sensor that we've been talking about. And they just throw it all into a file. Usually, like on your phone, mm-hmm. it goes from your sensor and it goes through like 10 different processing steps to make it look pretty, remove any noise that was in there, like sharpen it. It, do, it does things to it's gonna, it. It's going to denoise. It's going to sharpen it. Yeah. It's going to raise that saturation oh, so like a hundred times. It's going to yeah. crank up that contrast and it's going to be like, HDR it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you don't get any of that with raw. And with, with all those processing steps, it's throwing out data because it's condensing it down and you can't go backwards with that. Mm-hmm. Once, no. it's, once it's gone, and it's hard Unless you use AI, but then it's just like guessing at what it should have been and it's not real and it rarely works properly. It's Mm -hmm. not there yet. Uh, It will be one day. We'll we'll do a whole other podcast on two-minute papers someday. It's hard to undo (laughs) all that, but with editors like Final Cut, in order to even edit that, it has to like unexpand that compression and it takes so much longer to even edit it again. Mm -hmm. And so you have ProRes, you just pop it in there and it's like, oh, I know this. And it doesn't have to do anything. Mm. It's, it's a super fast. It doesn't waste our time. I think the best way to put it is it's like, you know, it's like it's like having somebody speak a language to you that you understand. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like ProRes and like, oh, that's loud. Um, ProRes and um, Final Cut, mm-hmm. they speak the same language. Yeah. And so, yep. but if you put some another format in that it doesn't speak the language, it needs a translator in between everything, which yeah. takes more time to get to the end product. And we see that with Blackmagic Raw. Yes. And trying to use that in Adobe. Adobe doesn't natively accept it. And well, they, they recently added it, but it's really bad. So what you do is you get a third-party plugin 
and install it in your software, and mm. then it can read Blackmagic Raw. So you, it's basically like having a translator. It's like having two translators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. However, if you use Blackmagic Raw with DaVinci Resolve, a different video editor, built for Blackmagic Raw. Made by, by Blackmagic. Made by Blackmagic. Yeah, Magic. right. All of it's made by yeah. Blackmagic, and they're, it's not a walled garden because they allow, it's open source, they allow mm-hmm. other people to use it, but they uh, it works really well with their own software, the same way ProRes works well with Final Cut, and... Um, Sony Vegas works uh, really well with whatever Sony shoots. Um, probably, yeah. And it, it, there's a reason I bring them up, and that has to do with um, sensors inside of your camera. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you get some gyroscopes inside your camera, and it moves around as your camera moves around, and it stores that data. And whenever you plug your computer, uh, your footage into your camera, whatever, and you move it to the computer, you can take that data in, from a Sony camera and put it in the Sony video editing software, and it it's like, oh, your camera moved up and down and left and right. Okay, we know how to stabilize your footage in post. And that's, that's so cool. That's really, that's amazing yeah. because it's not guessing how to stabilize it. It's getting the actual data and then it's able to stabilize your footage in post. So instead of having something really shaky mm-hmm. in post, you know, you, you say you use a gimbal and it's like it smooths out your footage a little bit, but still a little shaky. And then you use your stabilization, uh, within the camera internal stabilization, which is another gyroscope in your camera that helps smooth things out or it moves the sensor around to help stabilize it. And then you also use that gyroscope and you put it in your software and then it stabilizes even more. You can have like these amazing uh, crane and dolly shots or these sliding shots and these pans that are, you know, something you'd see in Hollywood and it's built into so many different cameras, but you have to use the specific software with the specific yeah. camera and the specific settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By that point you're like, Oh now I have to get the lenses and the camera and the media. Mm-hmm. And then I got to get the software and it's got to work on my computer. And you're like, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So I would love to have a camera that could um, do that with some of our software, some final cut or something huh? where it stabilizes with a internal gyroscope that you could send off to the editor. Apple need to make us a cine camera. You know, I heard they're working on a camera. Really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's I've like not heard super that. far in development. It's like, you know how like Apple was working on the iPad in like the 90s. Right. They had like lab photos of it leaked like a couple of years back. So they're probably working on a camera and it's not going to be out anytime. Nobody so. expected them to release their own CPU and they mm. released it and it was Phenomenal. pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. About to do a car too, I think. Well, they were, they've announced that for a long time too. Yeah. So I think they need to stick with not announcing things early and just roll them out when they roll them out because it seems to work a lot better for them. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So another thing uh, was internal stabilization. We talked about that a little bit. Basically, not the stabilization you send off to the editor with the gyroscope, but inside your camera, as you move your camera around, the sensor inside will move around as well mm-hmm. and offer five-axis stabilization. Uh, that's really cool. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just one less step. It's it, You just hit an on button, and it just works. And every time you turn your camera on, it saves that setting. That's something our cameras do now, so I, I like that about Nikon. It's nice. Mm-hmm. As you guys yeah. have seen, the theme with all of this is stabilization, especially with video. It's mm-hmm. very hard to get a stable shot, and having a nice, clean, smooth, stable shot without jitters is tough because... Yeah, we don't. As we as humans, do not work that way. No, no. <laughs> we shaky, especially after some coffee. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else we got on here? Uh, That's all I've had today. 
So electronic electronics. Uh, hmm? So you got you got your dumb lenses. <laughs> you got your, your manual lenses where you have to like turn dials and knobs to make them work. <laughs> they make really cool images. They look pretty. Um, it gives you a lot of control because you can you can manually do it yourself. However, computers are really cool. They're really fast, and they handle things pretty well by now. It's, it's 2021. It is. They are impressive, yes. So cameras like right. Sony have insane autofocus and insane um, uh, lens stabilization as well. So you have so many other stabilizations we talked about, but there's also a stabilization in the lens and autofocus in the lens. And um, autofocus just means, you know, I'm here. My face is in focus. If I walked closer, the camera would automatically keep my face in focus as I get closer and further away. If I cover my face, is it still going to stay in focus on my hand? A bad autofocus would be like, where's the face? And like start looking uh, around everywhere and everything gets blurry and crazy. And then you just see that thing. We call it <laughs> racking focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can just see it going back and forth. It's like trying to find foreground, background. Where am I at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I hope DJI's got some good autofocus and I don't, I'm not convinced they will. Because yeah, that's tough. Their drone's autofocus is terrible. You have to like touch the screen for it to work, and then it'll lose it sometimes, or you have to yeah. like lock it in. The tree gets too close, and it's like ah, I gotta focus on the tr- the leaf in a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> we focus before every shot, especially with stills. Yeah. So if something like this, we could focus ahead of time and hit, you know, mm-hmm. m- s- turn off the autofocus once it's set, which we because forgot not, to do. Halfway. We're not moving a lot. And it'll probably be fine. I had to run and turn off call Cole's oh, autofocus. Is that what you were doing earlier? Ago. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he was going in and out when he's bringing up his hand. And I was like, eh, I couldn't yeah. understand what was going so on. So people they, watching earlier, you yeah. saw an example of bad autofocus. Yeah. <laughs> Only on my camera, though, because the one I yeah. set up is Tristan's camera. And I switched it to yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, just trying to make me look nice. Yeah, um, one of the things that I would request that your video camera has is it remembers settings, and maybe it would give you presets Dude, based upon what you're doing. Ours do not remember settings. I'm they aware. Do, they have presets-ish. Kind of. Function buttons. Kind of. We don't want ish. <laughs> we, we want presets. Yes, Definite. I just need it. Like we talked about, right? We just need it to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the whole reason why Come on, Apple. We want something that just works. <laughs> I'm adding. I, I had, we were talking about some stuff that we'd like that was not on my ideal list. So there you go. Kind of like make the list, right? Yeah. Maybe we just need to is. manufacture our own. Uh, some people try to do that. It does not go. Over yeah, I was well. gonna say that would be tough. I mean, think about the years and years and years of just like data and user mm. data and all the things that they had to put together before you know cameras have gotten where they are. I mean, mm. Nikon and Canon and stuff. Those are older companies. Yeah, but then you got companies like Samsung who's been like developing phones, and then all of a sudden they're like, "We're gonna make a camera," and then two years later, like, "Yeah, that was fun. We made the best camera for like three years, and then we <laughs> got, we got bored." It's like we're the, done. The Rick Sanchez meme for Rick and Morty. He's like, <laughs> "I'm bored." Yeah, he goes in, he makes the greatest store ever, and like after a week, he's like, "I'm bored," burns it down. <laughs> that was Samsung making the greatest camera <laughs> of its time, probably about what. Six years ago now, seven that years. A, that was a long time ago. The NX1. Yeah. I bought the NX500, which was like the step down. And it was still probably one of the best cameras that I could have got until the Nikon came out. And I was like, ooh, this is mm-hmm. this is tempting. Right? <laughs> we both love our Nikons, but now we're, we're definitely thinking twice. Mm. Mm. I think we'll definitely keep them as B cameras for a while longer. Yeah. But and I don't, I don't, I really, I mean. Well, I, you want the Sony Alpha, so. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I do still think that Nikon does tend to shine in certain areas when it comes to stills. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think I think we've all talked about it with video capabilities at some point. Yeah. We're hoping to get something that's more professional. Um, yeah. When you yeah. try it, it's, it's just like anything in life, right? When you try to do two things really good, you're going to have shortcomings. Yeah. So when you find something that is specifically made to do one thing really well, it's going to help us out a ton. So. Mm. That's about getting a video camera that's specifically for video. Yeah. One of the one of the things that was not a shortcoming, the reason I went with this camera, was the fact that it did 10-bit uh, 422. And 10-bit is just the, num- the, the bits of color that you can get. Got to get those bits. Yep. Um, more data. A get lot of colors. All the, the more uh, bits you got, the higher the... Um, the more colors you get. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with with a standard cameras, it was 8-bit. And let's say, I don't remember the exact number, the exact 100,000, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions of colors that is. But the, the more you get, I think some cameras shoot up to like 16-bit now, which is mm-hmm. double that. Which it's is a it's lot. not double, it's exponentially more. But yes. uh, the benefit of that is you get more... Uh, post-production options and like how you move colors around and how you shift colors it also it just makes the image look better without changing it because your 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 image is more vivid uh and more dynamic so um i'm trying to think of like what an example of that would be i guess if you like you had a, a leaf and you had light shining through it you're gonna see like yellow and it'll fade as it gets darker and it'll be like a dark green so like how many shades of green can you fit between green and yellow? Mm -hmm. Uh, And the more bits you got, the higher that is, um, the more color within that pixel or within the set of pixels or cluster. Uh, So that was one reason we went with the Nikon over the Sony, which was popular at the time. They're both really great cameras. Uh, And they shoot that externally. Which is really cool if you have a monitor and you want to carry extra weight. However, <laughs> since then, a lot of cameras shoot it internally. And yep. I think we're, we're slowly learning. It's like all these features that were amazing 15 years ago on these $100,000 Alexas and you know uh, expensive Canons. These cinema cameras came to these cheap cameras, but it was only possible externally. And... I don't, I don't want to forget that because we were so excited when these cameras came out for like two, true. for two grand for 1200 bucks, you can get a camera that does all these cinema features. And, and now it's like, Oh man, it's such a cumbersome job. I have to hook it <laughs> up. I have to get all these cables. Uh. <laughs> yeah. If you guys follow us at all on Instagram and Facebook, um, there's plenty of pictures of our, our, uh, I don't know. I'd probably say camera a rig. Mm-hmm. where we've got a cage and a monitor and a microphone and everything attached to the camera. It looks cool. Oh, it looks awesome. Makes it look like a transformer. Yeah, but it's heavy. <sighs> yes, it's heavy. My arms are sore after a, <laughs> a what, like doing the ninja on the gimbal at like a six, seven hour shoot for a wedding or oh, a music dude. video. My arm was messed up after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we need to start lifting again? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yes, there are other factors that are coming into play, but or they could just put everything internal, <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to carry these huge monitors. So we would save a ton of weight. No matter what, we would probably use a monitor. However, it's nicer when, like in the DJI example, it's attached and fixed, so you don't have to like take it off or mount it. Now you lose some options of like where you would want it positioned, but at the same time, it's like. They put some thought into it. The positioning's probably going to be in the best spot for you. It's rotatable. Yes. If you 
it works. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's the hard part about the also the external monitor is it's not just the monitor. You have to put the you know the storage media in the back, and then you also need to attach a battery, and mm-hmm. the battery is half the weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so by that point, you've got the screen the battery, the media, the cord coming off the side, and then the mount to actually mount it on whatever hardware you're using. And it's usually aluminum or steel because carbon fiber is so expensive. Yep. <laughs> yep. We'd love if everything was carbon, but yeah, we also could, wouldn't be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. I did some quick maths back on the 10-bit. Oh, oh yeah. What do so you got? The difference... So with 8-bit, which is the standard. Right. Well, um, the old standard. The old, I think most on computers and most usually what you see on most screens, that's called 32-bit color because that's the red, the green, the blue, and the alpha channel. And all of those okay. have 8 bits of data to them. Mm-hmm. So oh, 8 okay. times 4 is 32. That gives you about um, 4 billion colors to work with. If okay. You include Not enough. Alpha. But when you go to 10-bit, I don't well, col- color and probably not the alpha. But that gives you about one trillion colors. So what's 16-bit? <laughs> Six because cameras can do that now, yeah, and I that want it. That is an insane amount. So that's 16 times. I'm going to do three because okay. So that's two to the power of 48. <laughs> I need those colors. That's a lot of colors. It is too many colors. It's not that, enough. That is okay. <laughs> million that's 281 trillion colors so who in their right mind needs that many colors <laughs> i don't know. people trying to make beautiful imagery <laughs> so it's With the same vivid. question of who needs 12k footage you you yeah. can put up a 1080p video like a standard video your phone could shoot a video higher than that mm-hmm. and you could put it on a movie screen because we run um some some movies and we put them up on a big screen at uh, our local theater, our local nonprofit theater. And when we do it, 1080p looks fine. You know, yep. it, there's a little bit of stretching. It's not as crisp, but it looks good enough. And you could sit wa- and watch a whole movie of like Avengers or something. You'd be fine with it. Yeah. However, 12K is overkill. I mean, you could put it up on the big screen. It would look cool. But at the same point, it's like looking at a 400 refresh rate monitor, 400 frames per second. It, it's cool idea. You don't need mm-hmm. it. So who does need it? People that want to do editing and post-production. Exactly. Yes. With 12K, you can zoom in four to 10 times and the image still looks great. With right. 16-bit color, you can punch those colors and you can make red and just do a hue shift and make red look blue or blue look green. And you could just mm-hmm. move colors around. You have so much flexibility. Um, 400 refresh rate, why would you shoot at 400 frames per second? Because you want to slow it down and make a Zack Snyder 300 <laughs> cut scene. Dude, if you could shoot like 4K 240, you could, you could remake that Zack Snyder movie now where he like dollies on the side and like zooms in. Somebody's like throwing somebody over their shoulder and that zooms out. When they did that, they had like five or six cameras on this dolly and then just kept doing zoom punches, like zooming um, <laughs> as a transition between all these cameras at different focal lengths. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, because of different focal lengths, you'd have to do focusing and all this. But right. but you could recreate that now with maybe a Sony, uh, what is the, the A7 III S3. or whatever. Because sh- one of, one of the, there's a camera for under three grand that shoots like 4K 120 frames. Yeah. So you could recreate that scene and just keep speed ramping and slowing it down and speeding it up. And because it's 4K, you could zoom in. So yeah. it's about know, flexibility. It's mm-hmm. all about that post. 
Yeah, the what, more data that you can collect on a shoot that gives you more flexibility in post, that's yeah. what you want. One other thing on this is that what I find funny is that a lot of people consume their media now through streaming. Ooh. And that, that Ooh. creates a problem because I heard this yesterday, and I believe this to be a fact. A 1080p Blu-ray movie is going to look better than your 4K stream of it from Netflix. Yep. Well, that's and because that a Blu-ray is like 50 gigabytes, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and that, that's because Blu-ray can just pack in all that information. It doesn't have to worry about your internet speed. It doesn't yep. have to worry about anything. If something's rated the, the read Blu-ray, it can do that. And it can just optimize how much crap's being pumped through there. And 1080p versions on Blu-ray will look 10 times better than your 4K stream, which is just, yeah, it's so backwards to me, but it's completely true. Yep. You, you just explained to me why people still use Redbox and mail yeah. in the DVDs. Because if you could get Blu-ray and you don't mind waiting two to three days, mm-hmm. your movie's going to look pretty darn yeah. good. And they it's make 4K sexy. Blu-rays, too. Yeah. yeah. And you, you run into other issues with streaming, too, like compression. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, yeah. the audio, the, the blacks are going to get crushed. The audio is going to be kind of muffled. It's, uh, it's just like anything, right? I mean... Yeah convenience it's, well i mean it is convenient for sure but it's just like any of the media any of the media mm-hmm. that we can consume whether it be audio you know most audio mm-hmm. files they're using older media and they also <laughs> have everything with a cable yeah yeah or a cord gold-plated internals this, i'm playing only flack through if this. you don't yep. use laser yeah. disc what's your problem oh, what are your problem i need some laser disc and we know we know firsthand that mm-hmm. we get to see our footage before it ever gets compressed and put out on the web. Yeah. And there are so many times, whether it's a still image or a video, mm-hmm. I put it on our social media channels and I'm just like, it makes <sighs> me sad. Like seriously, it hurts my heart. Yeah. It ruins the artistic intent. Well, it, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but you know, when you watch a YouTube video and you go in the bottom right corner and you hit, um, uh, like 720p or 1080p to set the resolution of the video. Yeah. You're not changing the resolution of that video. You're changing the video playing. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is going into its like catalog. You remember whenever like uh, cars would have like six CDs in the interchangeable. Imagine mm-hmm. one of those CDs was like 4K video, and another one's 2K, another's 1080P and 720. It's yeah. like you're hitting next CD, and it goes from the 4K mm-hmm. one down, and then you click another one, and goes down. So <laughs> whoever at YouTube, whatever group of engineers designed it is a bunch of geniuses. As mm. much as I hate the fact that they compress everything, the fact that you can just click that button and it immediately loads up your new video, and yeah. a lot of times it's faster than the playback of the old one, mm-hmm. just blows me away. That's what that away. processing time is. When you upload a video to YouTube, it says upload complete, but then it says processing. Yep. And it's literally just going through and downscaling your video of every single version. Mm-hmm. And that's why I usually get standard definition first, and it looks crappy until like an hour later mm-hmm. because it has to make a new version of the thing that you just uploaded. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) It's sad. Get you some big monster cable HDMIs and get you a UHD (laughs) Blu-ray player. It's digital. It doesn't matter how big the cable is. Oh, it just makes me feel better. It needs to be gold-plated, though. I was going to say, and it's got to be be gold-plated. Platinum. We'll just go platinum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Black metal. We're we're getting close to an hour. We can keep going. My, My camera died. Let's call it. Your camera died? Yep, it's dead. But it's plugged. Oh, no, it's not. It's the black magic. We could have plugged that one in. It's all right. Hey. She, she's dead. Hey. All right. I'm running through this black s- magic speed is round. Black. Look at that. I'm speed rounding this then. All right. Yeah. All right. So we talked about 4K. 
mm-hmm. as a resolution. I want a camera that actually shoots 4K 60 internal. That would be nice. While shooting ProRes in 10 bit, because there's cameras that can do it, but you got to use their special codecs. All right, so like $3,000. Got it. I would spend 3000 <laughs> if a camera did all this. Heard I'd, that. I'd be happy to spend that. Because we were concerned some other four, six k dollar cameras, then they didn't do everything. We, yeah, we were talking about the red Komodo, and it's six. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So medium four f- format cameras are really cool. Fujifilm just came out with yeah. one. However, Massive. I really don't need that much flexibility. No, <gasps> man, I want it though. It looks so good. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like you aren't the type of guy to spend six k on a camera. Dude. That giant sensor size, if I had the money to just blow on it, I would do it. <laughs> just that big old sensor. Yeah. So um, I don't need that, but I'd like a full frame because mm-hmm. it offers better low light. It uh, it offers a wider view, so stabilization is a lot easier to do in post. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Full HDMI output. Uh, we yes. are, we're testing that out today, actually. Yeah. So we were. So a the connector. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one that Abby let us borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally our cameras use Thank like you, mini and micro and today we got a full HDMI and the benefit is it's not a weak <laughs> little, little jank dude. However, I would like full HDMI. I think what, what's the better option of HDMI? I David? would rather SDI. they move to either SDI cause that's like a uh, industry professional standard. Yep. And it'd be cool if things move to just USB-C cause USB-C yes. can be and then just make everything one cable, and it's no. That's actually a great beautiful. point. So the reason I said HDMI is because most of our monitors and stuff still like. I mean, what you're mm-hmm. looking at right now is a, a little, eight, two HDMI's, uh, going in, and our switchers HDMI. So yeah, I I get that. I would like HDMI. However, ideally, everything would just be USB C by now. One yeah. day. One day. Uh, you said dual storage slots, so yep. uh, redundant mm-hmm. storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. I like that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I wouldn't have to lose footage anymore. Yeah, right. I've had a couple of those. Um, I'd be happy if we didn't either. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't mm. enjoy explaining mm. that one to the client when we have a reshoot. Yeah, it's no fun. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's really inconvenient. Everybody has at least one of those. Oh, yeah. Or two. It's very rare. Ooh, what if it was like uh, like audio where it records two at different... Uh, like dbs so like different gains because so like you have like, <laughs> like a we corrective yeah but like yeah like whenever whenever you record yeah. it it does like a safety one at a lower just in case uh, just right? in case like you can blend your shots maybe we've talked about this before like you're doing an interior to exterior shot so like you're inside and you want to transition to outside mm-hmm. so you like could go in audio your... hdr yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. while it is also beneficial for redundancy it mm-hmm. can actually make your image just that much better because you're taking an image that's uh, like its settings are for a really bright scene and a setting mm-hmm. that's for a really dark scene. And then in post, you take those two files and you just overlap them and then <laughs> take the highs from one and take the lows from the other. So if somebody's like sitting here Manual in front of a window, well, tight. I mean, that's better than what we got now. There's not really an option yeah. for video. Let's just buy three cameras, put them all right next to each other in just slightly different settings. And yeah. yeah. But like, we, like we said, it. The, yeah. the goal is to be fix internal. In yes. <laughs> just fix it in post. Give me HDR internal. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. HDR internal. Um, so cheese grade. Is cheese? Cheese grade is the term for like uh, uh, like a, the, mounting a, a, the mounting point. So it, yeah. it looks like a cheese grade board where it has a bunch of holes in it with mm-hmm. threads, and you can mount 
a bunch of smart, yeah. sm- yep. uh, 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 exterior points or whatever. So like handles and extra grips or um, storage devices, you can mount that all to the outside. High-end yep. cinema cameras have that built into the body. Low-end ones, we have to like buy a cage and that adds extra weight. If it was just built into the body, that would be... Some cases, extra weight's good that we've talked about. Yeah, it, it can be. However, Depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. DJI gets their built-in gimbal, then... I don't. Ooh. I don't need extra weight. I, I don't less. need it. It's all there. Um, <laughs> a flip-out screen. Hmm. Something. Something that lets me see it from some extra angles. Didn't the camera do Something. a wireless screen that like actually pops off? Ooh, actually, that sounds way better. That'd be tight. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. I don't. But you but would still I have to have connect it though. Not just that, but you would still want to have some actuation when it's on the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, oh it pops off cuz then what do you do when you've got to put it somewhere else? Okay, what if yeah. what no, what if it was like like it was it could pop off though. Like it was articulating but there was like the same way lenses, you know, like you can change all the dials on your lenses. Like just you slide could, it out. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a release mechanism and then it could come mm-hmm. out and then you could like use it as an external monitor. Yeah. And then That'd you just tight. plug it back on. Right. That would be really nice. Okay. That I want exactly that, but nobody thinking. does it. So. Well, hey, uh, <laughs> I would still want to camera view- companies. Yeah. Free ideas. <laughs> but I would still want to view f- it, the camera itself would have to have a viewfinder. Yeah. A yeah. On the top. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, just think like, about like it. the display with the, your settings and stuff. No, the little, th- the tiny little window on the top. Yeah, because let's say, let's say you detach it, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And you want to use it as a wireless monitor for like a director or something. Mm-hmm. And you had a camera operator. The camera operator still has to see the feed. Okay, so what if it had a, a video out and then the if you need the director to have his own viewfinder, you could give him that wireless one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See what you're saying? So... That I works too. I, just think regardless. Thinking I would like loud. an articulating one. No, that, yeah, that I would get be it. Cool. Plenty of different ways to skin a cat. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Sorry, Peta. Um, <laughs> nah. So the new FX3 came out with tally lights, something I've never seen before on a camera. Tally oh my light? gosh, yes. So when you hit I record, am... what happens, Cole? Oh what happens gosh. when you hit record? There's like three different red blinking lights on this camera. Like the front, the back, and on the side, and in the screen. And that way, you know when it's recording. Mm-hmm. Because what's the worst thing, David? What happens? Uh, if you don't, you, you get halfway through the podcast and you realize you didn't hit record on the yes. audio. Oh, is that from recorder. experience? Has we uh, had this happen? No, uh, not, uh, <laughs> not as recently as it like, is right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we only have it on the, the recorder. It's fine because I made sure it's not peaking. Not like we ever use the other one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're it's good. not recording on our switcher. We're fine. We're good. It's recording up here. Oh, okay. So we got video. Yes. But we got oh video my and gosh, I am. No, we're good, buddy. Uh, we're all good. So redundancies. That's why we have them because yeah. David can't do his. Hey, redundancy. Well, I'm glad we fixed. Well, here, let me just issue. switch to my camera real quick. Oh wait, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're much better with professional work, guys. Okay, this is yeah. this is something. We've this is just for us. All right, I got two things left. Come on, roll <laughs> it out. Dynamic range, uh, lots of it. I want of it. I want more I internal want like 50 stops. dynamic range. <laughs> Thirteen stops at least would be really cool. And that just yes. means if I'm outside, uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about getting 
too sad. Gosh, I'm so sad now. <laughs> what was the audio? Because of it's the, fine. You don't no, have to worry about it. Not because of the audio, but because I like I thought we didn't record video for the podcast. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that <laughs> it gave you that like sinking feeling when like, you're like, oh, oh man, I put so much effort in the script. On this <laughs> <laughs> so the human eye. It's around 12 stops, isn't it? So you want to have oh, one no, step above? Brother. What? The what? human eye is like over 20 stops above. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's okay. a ton on the human eye. Yeah. So, so like, if would you're we want it to be almost that much? Uh, I, no. Corridor Digital's done a video on that before. That's and it's true. basically like if you're outside at night under a street lamp, you can see in the dark and you can mm-hmm. also tell what the light is. And that's a huge amount of range because you're going from pitch black and your eye could interpret it yeah. to a light. 21 stops. Twenty-one, yeah. Stop. So just over twenty. I don't need that much. Thirteen's good enough. I think okay. our cameras right now shoot eleven. So this was December of twenty twenty. It says currently the best cameras on the market have the dynamic range of around thirteen stops on average. Yeah. Wow. So it w- it depends on how you measure it because there's a lot of companies that validate the dynamic range. Uh, I don't know who's saying that the max is thirteen because there's cameras that claim fifteen. So somebody's using Did a I different say metric. Yeah. yeah. It says on average around 15 stops. Okay. Yes. Well, that's so. Yeah. That's going to be your tens of thousand, hundred thousand dollar cinema Alexas and your really s- maybe some Black Magics. Um, uh, for for about four or five f- under ten grand, you could get a camera that shoots up to 15 stops of dynamic range, mm-hmm. and that's at a cost. Maybe right. it's lower frame rates, like less frames per second, or a specific mm-hmm. I, uh, ISO range. So like. The brightness of the of, of your image. Um, Holy moly! I want yeah, all of right. these things to work at the same time. I want 13 stops dynamic range when I shoot 4K 60 FPS on my full frame sensor without a crop, so mm-hmm. like the image isn't getting cut in. I want 10 bit. I want mm-hmm. Pro Raws, and I want it to do all these things at the same time. And a lot of cameras can do these things, but it's at a trade off. You you could do 4K, but you can't do 10 bit, or you could do Pro Res, but you can't do it with this resolution or whatever. So dynamic range is really cool. And last thing, ironically, is audio. <laughs> <laughs> I want some options for my audio inputs and audio outputs. Maybe a full-size XLR, maybe an XLR mm. mini, whatever. Um, I just want some options so that way we have some redundancy. We have good headphones that we can listen with, like some nice cans, uh, because everybody on set really likes their cans. <laughs> hey, they're good. Not a fan of these, to be honest with you, the ones that we have on. But well, yeah, uh, do you no. think it's the headphones or do you think it's the pads? I think it's probably the pads. Yeah, they're very uncomfortable. They're very plasticky. The yeah, we need uh, some. We need some how, how how do those feel? They they they're not bad. I yeah. give it like an eight out of ten. Yeah, I, I know they're it, not perfect. I give these yeah. a six. If you would have said ten, I would have said you're a liar. No. Yeah. Eight out of ten. It's I, I can put up with it. Yeah. I might give so, these like a three or a four. Yeah, I don't Ooh. like those. Four. It's killing my head. Yeah, maybe I just don't know quality. That's why I'm like, That's I hate fact. all of these headphones and keyboards <laughs> and da 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 da. It's because I want my keyboard to make no noise at all. I didn't want it to be a touchscreen. Yeah, Ew. <laughs> we'll talk shop about keyboards Ew. some yeah. other time. Are those all your yeah. points? That was all of my points. Hey guys, yeah, we'll have them in the description notes or comments somewhere. Yeah. And if you find a camera with all these things, let me know and I'll give you a. $100 finder's fee if you find me a camera with those, every one of these things internally. Wow, okay, there you go. I'll All give right. you 100 bucks. It's on It's on the podcast, everybody. Scammed. I will not, so. <laughs> yeah. I Tristan will. And then I got to go buy the camera. 
There, yeah. you know, somebody out there is gonna be like, I found this and it's like a three hundred thousand dollar camera. Like, gosh, no. Right now, you no, it has, it has to be. It has to be under ten k. It has to be yes. under a ten thousand dollars. What are we gonna talk about next week? Uh, th- we'll talk shop on keyboards of- for at least two minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And what was the other thing we were wanting to earlier on the podcast? I think um, one of the things we need to talk about next week is um, as we, as Tristan and I have been working together today at his house, my new M1 MacBook showed up. So we will discuss how my transition to my first ever Mac mm-hmm. in my 28 years of existence. You will love it. Yeah, because it'll be, t- you'll have two weeks of use by then. Yeah. So Ooh. I'll be learning Final Cut and and seeing how differently uh, Adobe runs on on an Apple. Um, Poor thing. So I'm interested to see. And this will be our first M1 between all of us. So mm-hmm. their new processor. So we're gonna give that a shot. We'll talk. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. What about uh, what about like making your own style? I've been following yeah. a lot of artists that let's do it. That are like paving a way. I would love to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about what it means to make your own style as an artist. Sweet. And and I'm sure to, sure we'll have some it. other stuff that we'll sprinkle in there. We've got a lot of topics we've been carrying over from episode to episode. So. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. This is uh, probably our longest podcast we've ever done. I hope you yep. guys enjoy it, or you didn't, but at least you stuck around. So mm-hmm. then, Either way, we love you for If you didn't like it and you stuck around for an hour and a half, you can hit dislike. I won't take it personally. Oh, <laughs> hey, you know what? While we're talking about that, real fast, okay. if you guys are, if any of you are using Apple Podcasts, leave us a review um and if you're not make an account and go leave a review yeah and if you can't do any of those things because i was gonna say you're like me but you can't i can't say that anymore um (laughs) if you're listening specifically on an android phone or maybe you have a pc at home uh there are multiple other ways send us a message through instagram or facebook um, or go to the website and contact us through that, or send us an email, or even call us. Why Gosh. would they want to do that? Why would they do any of this? I don't know. Because we value your feedback more than you know. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because I'm not just saying that to say that we really do. Um, yeah. We make this at the end of the day so that people will enjoy it. They might be mm-hmm. able to get some edification out of it. Hopefully that's the case. <laughs> Um, and maybe we just suck and we don't know it because no one's told us that yet. Yeah. Tell yeah. us how we, so suck. we want to hear these things. Do we? No. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. Peace. Bye. Bye.